You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 5. Verses 1 through 27. Eliphaz claims Job is being chastened by God. Eliphaz, the first of Job's friends to speak, continues to accuse Job of doing something to incur the wrath of God. Having already established that angels can sin, he tells Job that angels can't help him now. Call if you will, but who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? He speaks about foolish and envious men in a generic sense, but we know, as does Job, that he thinks it refers to him. He judges that Job's former prosperity was only the prosperity of a fool, so its loss was only what was due him. This is both cruel and severe in light of the lack of evidence. Then, in light of how his children were killed, when a tornado came and brought a house down on top of them, he says something quite insensitive. His children are far from safety, crushed in court without a defender. Then, as earlier, he says some true statements. He recognizes man's sinful nature, that he sins from the time he is born, and that trouble doesn't come from nowhere. Human suffering is part of the human condition. For hardship does not spring from the soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. That's a verse I always think of when I'm around a campfire. Matthew Henry says, Actual transgressions are the sparks that fly out of the furnace of original corruption. Then he gives Job some advice. Repent. But if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my case before him. Yet he would not do it with Job's obviously proud attitude, but with humility and contrition. Then he extols the greatness and moral excellence of God, which neither we nor Job would refute. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. He provides rain for the earth, He sends water on the countryside. And this is a reminder of common grace, that God gives good things even to his enemies. We may think little of rain until we experience drought, or until we realize how it is produced and what it produces, then we'll appreciate the goodness and power of God that is demonstrated in something we often take for granted. Then he shows that God lifts up the humble and those who mourn, but he frustrates the devices and plans of the crafty and catches them in their own craftiness. We see an example of this with Haman in the book of Esther. He says, God saves the needy from the sword and from the hand of the mighty so that the poor have hope and injustice shuts her mouth. All true sentiments generally, but not always. Sometimes the poor and innocent are not spared the wrath of their oppressors. Sometimes the wheels of justice grind slowly or not at all in this life. Then Eliphaz tries to put a positive spin on Job's predicament by saying that God is just disciplining him, and if he just admit his sin, he could be happy again. Blessed is the one whom God corrects, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. This idea is valid and is used by Solomon in Proverbs 3 and the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12 which reminds us that although discipline is not pleasant at the time, later on we see the benefit of it. Rather than being a sign of God's anger, 
It's evidence that he loves us as his children and cares enough to set boundaries and draw us back when we cross them. Sometimes it's necessary to make a wound in order to cure it, like when a cancer needs to be cut out or a boil needs to be lanced. It's true that God does discipline his children, but only when they need it. He doesn't discipline them when they don't. But Eliphaz supposes that Job deserves this chastening. Then he adds, For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. He says it will get better. That's what I often told patients receiving chemo or radiation. It will get worse before it gets better, but it will get better. Then he lists many benefits to confession. He would be redeemed from death, protected in war, safe in famine, have no fear of wild beasts, have peace in his family life, and come to the grave after a long life well lived. But again he twists the knife, reminding him about the fact that he has no children. You will know that your children will be many, and your descendants like the grass of the earth. Then he adds his own verdict on his speech, based on an investigation of the evidence, and tells Job to take his advice. We have examined this, and it is true, so hear it and apply it to yourself. Here is the danger of misapplying truth. It can be heartless and cruel. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Eliphaz says angels can't help him. This is true in that we don't pray to angels, even though God may send them to minister to us. We must remember that they are also creatures created by God and must not be worshipped. Eliphaz didn't disguise his cruelty when he spoke about the death of the children of the fictional, generic, wicked man whom he implied was Job. He again assumed he was speaking for God and understood why Job's children were killed, to punish Job for his wickedness. In the light of such tragedy, we should either speak kindly or not at all. He tells him some truth, that God uses trials to discipline us, but he understood it more as a punitive discipline than a corrective one. Therefore, he counseled Job to repent, as that's what he would do. God does send trials to test and discipline us, because we are his children and he is a loving father who wants the best for us. But the details are best left with him. He lists the benefits of repentance and then pronounces a verdict on his own speech that everything he said is true. Ignorance and arrogance are a dangerous combination. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 6. May God bless the study of his word.